I am tired. And this game right here is a game that will not keep me up if I am tired on Saturday. Let's start off there. The truth of this matter is that Ohio State, who I think is the number one team in college football, like the number one most complete team in the nation, is Ohio State. They are hosting a team who cannot even throw the football, a team that can't pass block or run block, a team whose best offensive weapon is the tight end, the kicker, or actually maybe the punter, seeing that one of Iowa's one of Iowa's two field goals, you could credit to Illinois muffing a punt. And then Iowa had to punt again. It was downed in Illinois territory, and then Illinois fumbled it. So Iowa's best offensive weapon is their defense, their special teams, or if you actually want to talk about offense, their tight end. What I was saying by this game, if I'm tired on Saturday, won't keep me up, is Ohio State should have no business losing this game. In my humble opinion, and players should never think this way, though I don't think players would even watch any of my previews. If you're a college football player and you've heard of my channel before, or you're listening to it, please let me know in the comments below, because that would be awesome and a huge encouragement. Ohio State could sleepwalk through this game and beat Iowa. Now, it wouldn't be pretty. I would question having Ohio State at number one, because I think that, A, Ohio State, and with the mission they're on, shouldn't be sleeping walking through anyone. Iowa's not a good football team. There's a chance that Iowa could win. I mean, there's always a chance. There's always a chance for what would be a miracle, but it would truly take a miracle for the Iowa Hawkeyes to come into Columbus and win this game. Ohio State's offense is just so explosive. Their defense is improving every week. And Ohio State just came off a bye week where, yes, they rested, got probably got healthier, but they also used that time knowing Ryan Day and the staff to further prepare for this game. So Iowa, Ohio State, I think that it's interesting that both of these teams' strengths are on opposite ends of the spectrum. Ohio State has the number one offense by efficiency and scoring points per game. Iowa is top 10 in points allowed per game in defensive efficiency, and they have one of the better special teams units in the country by efficiency and by statistics as well. So interesting set of matchups. These two teams are polar opposites, and I cannot wait to see them collide. This game will take place at noon Eastern time, and it will air on Fox. Ohio State fans have the privilege of having Gus Johnson and Joel Klatt calling their games. As a Michigan fan, it has been awesome having them call a plethora of my team's games. Now they get to be passed on to who I think is the only team in the country that is better than the Michigan Wolverines in the Ohio State Buckeyes. So this game will be a noon game. It'll be on Big Noon Kickoff. Ohio State's given a whopping 95.5% chance to win, according to ESPN's FPI. And the Buckeyes at the time of making this slide were favored by 29 points. It remains the same right now at the time this video is being recorded. 
Ohio State's favored to win big. This isn't expected to be a close game. A 95.5% chance to win is crazy. This game, from a preview standpoint, reminds me of my thoughts on how the Michigan, not Michigan, how the Wisconsin-Ohio State game would play out earlier this year. Like, I'm not going to give my official prediction until the end, but that it would be very hard for Wisconsin to win, and that there would be a chance that Wisconsin would can win if their defense played its best game, if they got if they got a running attack on the ground and their pass game was competent, but that basically implies that they would have to play their A-plus game. Ohio State would have to play at best probably a C game or worse for Wisconsin to have even been in a position to win in that game. It's very similar for Iowa. Ohio State has the far superior staff. Every area except linebacker where Ohio State's listed as having an advantage, their advantage isn't a small one. It's not a medium-sized one. You know, in the Michigan-Penn State preview, I only gave Penn State a clear advantage in secondary, but they had, there was an argument for them to have multiple positions where they had an advantage, like at wide receiver. They had an argument for tight end. They had an argument for linebacker. They had an argument for three or four positions that I gave to the Wolverines. There was an argument to give those three or four position advantages to Penn State. Ohio State outside of linebacker, there's no argument to give Ohio State an advantage at staff, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, offensive line, defensive line. Linebacker would be the only one. With how Cade Stover is doing at tight end, there is an argument for Ohio State to contend at tight end in the same way that Iowa has a, a right to contend at linebacker. I mean, C.J. Stroud versus Spencer Petras. Who would you pick? Th- that right, that question is nothing but a rhetorical question. It's nothing but a question in which everyone in the room already knows the answer to. The question shouldn't even exist. To ask it is probably equivalent to blasphemy. At running back, you got Mayan Williams and Travion Henderson. Now, you have Gavin Williams and LaShawn Williams for Iowa. Certainly, quarterback is like the most, that's where the most, um, I don't know what you call it, the greatest distance between the two teams by position is, because C.J. Stroud is the best quarterback in the nation, in my opinion, or one of the best, and Spencer Petrus is the worst, or one of the worst. Running back still goes to Ohio State, though. Mine Williams and Travion Henderson average more than six yards a carry. LaShawn Williams and Gavin Williams, I think they're floating around about four yards per carry, or three to four yards per carry is what they're floating around. And part of that is just their offensive line isn't good. Another part of it is because, you know, Tyler Goodson leaving really hurt, hurt more than anyone wanted to admit. Wide receiver isn't even a question either. I don't care that Jackson Smith and Jigba hasn't been playing, or he has been playing sparingly. You got Emeka Igbuka, you have Marvin Harrison Jr., you have Julian Fleming. I mean, you got playmakers. Iowa had, at the, I think this was a, a statistic at the beginning of the year, maybe it's changed. They had two scholarship wide receivers. They're tight. It's more efficient and more logical for Iowa to line up with all tight ends as receivers than to trot out a single one or two 
of their wide receivers. Iowa wide receivers outside of Arland, I only know of Arland Bruce the fourth. That's all I know of, and he was on their their team last year. That's the only Iowa wide receiver I can name, and that's just they don't have wide receivers. They don't have quarterbacks. I mean, they have they have pulse. They have a pulse at offensive line barely, and they have some running backs, and they definitely have some tight ends. But without a quarterback, you can't pass to your your tight ends, and without an offensive line. It's hard to pass, period, and it's hard for your running backs to do any work. Now, at tight end, um, Sam Laporta, and comparing him to Cade Stover, Sam Laporta, better tight end from last year, obviously, and I would say the better tight end this year just doesn't help that he is such a worse quarterback. Luke Lechey, another name to look out for, who's another tight end. He had a pretty, he had a pretty good game against Michigan. He had 157 receiving yards on the year and a touchdown. Sam Laporta has 278 receiving yards, no receiving touchdowns thus far on the year. Iowa has some dudes at tight end. There's a reason that they're, you know, tight end you in the NFL producing TJ Hawkinson, Noah Fant, George Kittle. They're tight end you, and their tight ends this year are, they're, they're solid tight ends at worst, great NFL tight ends at best. Trenches are dominated by Ohio State, no question about it. The offensive line is better than last year. The defensive line is better than last year. In Iowa's case, both have regressed. Iowa's rushing defense is above average to good. Uh, when they faced Michigan, though, when, you, when you're good at something, but you face someone who's elite at something, you're going to be beat. In Iowa's rushing defense, it's a little bit of a paper tiger. At linebacker, the way that Tommy Eichenberg and Steel Chambers are playing, that's two guys playing at an All-American level. Jack Campbell is one guy playing at an All-American level, so I give the slight edge to linebacker for to Ohio State there. At defensive back, Riley Moss is a better corner than Denzel Burke and Cameron Brown's best characteristics combined are. Riley Moss and what defensive coordinator Phil Parker feeds and what schemes he gives these safety and corner players are it's fantastic. I mean, Iowa's pass defense is one of the best, if not the best in the entire country. And then special teams, special teams is, I mean, you got Troy Taylor at punter, one of the better punters in the nation for Ohio state. You have Noah Ruggles, who's one of the better kickers in the nation. And you do have Jesse Mirko. Maybe I, maybe he's still there. I forget. The name of, I forget if he's still there or not. Correct me in the comments below if I'm wrong. Uh, but special teams, I would say Iowa definitely, they're far more efficient. And I'm just going to use the efficiency metric like I usually do to determine who's better on special teams. And Iowa is by miles more efficient than Ohio State is on special teams. They have one of the best punters in the entire nation. Let's talk about game analysis. Let's talk about the game analysis. And then from there, talk about players and get into my prediction. Ohio State's ranked first in ESPN's FPI with the third most talented team, only, only behind Alabama and Georgia. Alabama lost to Tennessee. They dropped to second in the FPI because of that, while Ohio State rose to first. And they also dropped below Ohio State in efficiency rankings. Ohio State, you look at them, the turnaround they've had on defense shows they're efficient there. 
that they have great coaches there. That they made the appropriate hires, especially with Jim Knowles in the preseason. On offense, this team hasn't skipped a beat from last year. They just haven't. They've lost some production in the passing game. They've lost some dudes in the passing game at wide receiver. Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson off to the NFL, Jackson Smith and Jigba being banged up. And because of Justin Fry and what he's done with the offensive line, and because Mayan Williams and Travion Henderson have had a year to mature, their greenness has worn off a little bit, the run game has exploded. This team's more balanced on offense than they were last year, and that might that will probably fare them much better, not just against Michigan, but against against teams like Alabama and Georgia as well. They're the third most talented team, but they're not behind Alabama and Georgia by a mile. They're behind them, but Ohio State has some of the most five stars in the country. They're number one in efficiency by a significant margin. They're number one in the FPI slightly, but the top three are pretty close together in the FPI consistently, whether it's this year, last year, and several previous years. Iowa's ranked 40th in ESPN's FPI. They're the 37th most talented team. They're the 45th most efficient college football team. But let me give you a statistic to show you how insane Iowa is. They're 45th in efficiency. And to a common person who's maybe not watched college football before or looked at analytics, or they casually have watched college football, you see 45th and you're assuming Iowa's a middle-of-the-road team by a 45th marker in efficiency and 40th in FPI. Well, they have the second most efficient defense, according to to efficiency metrics. They have the 16th most efficient special teams rank according to efficiency metrics. Their offense is 122nd. 1-2-2. Their offense is not just lacking talent. It's not just poorly schemed. It's, it's just inefficient and poorly utilized. It is... It makes me want to... I don't know what the t- it makes me want to turn off the television or it makes me want to, to to just do something I wouldn't want to do. They're insufferable to watch on offense the Iowa Hawkeyes are. And speaking of that, Iowa my player to watch isn't anywhere close to that offense. Not with Brian Ferentz managing it. The the head of the circus himself. I don't understand why he is still employed. Doesn't make it doesn't doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. Like I was reading a statistic by Off Tackle Empire that was talking that like like only Co- Colorado was like the only Power Five school to have scored less points than Iowa, and at the time they played one less game. Like th- this offense is horrible. It's absolutely horrible. And if Iowa wins this game. It's because Ohio State has sort of an off game, and because Iowa, their defense completely clutches up in every way. Their defense is the A++ game of their life, and C.J. Stroud, Mayan Williams, Travion Henderson, Emeka Ekbuka, Cade Stover, Paris Johnson Jr., just every position for Ohio State in offense is having a fluky night. So for me, it's Riley Moss as Iowa's player. Riley Moss is one of the best cornerbacks in the nation, and he is going to likely, and he's going to be matched up with an elite wide receiver. 
So, he has two forced fumbles, which is tied 10th in the nation. He doesn't have any picks yet. He has two passes defended, 19 solo tackles. Can he get an interception or two, maybe more, in this game against Ohio State? Can he get a pick six, which he got two of them last year and one in 2020? Can he do those things? Can his can his secondary help him out too? Can Jack Campbell at linebacker make plays, identify runs, and, you know, just can the defense do what is seemingly impossible against the number one offense in the nation and straight up beat them on the field and give Iowa's offense time to settle? Because the only time that Iowa's offense is able to function or put anything together is... Look at the Michigan-Iowa game, where Michigan, it took them three quarters for Michigan to finally establish a a huge lead. Like, Iowa needs plenty of time, plenty of attempts to get any semblance of offense on the field. And Iowa's defense needs to provide that. And if they're going to, it's going to start off with Riley Moss. For Ohio State, mine Williams, I have not heard if he's healthy yet. He was out versus Michigan State, but I'm I'm going to assume that he is. And Ohio State has been banged up for a while. If not Mayan Williams, I would say Travion Henderson is going to be the player to watch. That is certainly for sure. So I don't know. I I haven't seen anything coming out that says Mayan Williams will be out for this game, but maybe I haven't heard from the right sources. But Mayan Williams right now, if everyone in that running back room is healthy, Mayan Williams is the best running back. And assuming that he's going to be back this week, I think that you know he'll he'll just do better than Henderson will, and that he will, especially against this Iowa team. Like when I look at Iowa and the defense they play, you want to have more of a power running back against the solid defense they play, rather than a shifty guy like Henderson who doesn't have all the power in the world. Because having a shifty guy often means you got to get open, you got to take advantage of mistakes. Iowa's defense doesn't make too many mistakes. They're too good. They're too disciplined. You need a guy like Williams whose who's build, whose mindset, who... Who's, he, Mayan Williams is the embodiment of, I don't care if you perfectly out-scheme my offense, if I'm going, if I'm going to get the ball handed off and the play is halfback dive... I'm gaining yardage because I can and because I can push your players around. So that's why I would have Mayan Williams as the player to watch for Ohio State. And with that, I want to get into my prediction. 38-17 to is my prediction. Ohio State will wear down the Hawkeye defense. They'll break them. It will be closer than the Wisconsin game, in my opinion, because Wisconsin's defense, not only are they outside the top 25 in efficiency— in actual defense, they're outside of the top 20. This is one of Jim Leonard's worst defenses, probably comparable to his 2018 unit, just to be fair. And for Iowa, this is one of Phil Parker's best defenses, specifically passing defense. And we know that Ryan Day and Ohio State, and especially with C.J. Stroud and what Ryan Day has done his whole tenure at Ohio State, they like to pass. They like to pass often. But eventually it won't be enough because Ohio State, Williams and Henderson both, will rule. Because that Iowa run defense, you saw what Michigan did to it. I expect Ohio State to do no less 
probably not much more either, but do something similar to this Iowa defense. And with a much better passing attack, and the fact that it's a home game, you best believe Ohio State's going to be hanging points on this Hawkeye defense. Best believe it. They're going to dominate the trenches. They're going to move up and down the field laterally. They're going to test Iowa horizontally. They're going to make some big plays. Ohio State, this is their game. And just to be real here, I don't think Ohio State or Michigan is going to be truly tested in a frightening way until they face each other. Ohio State having a road trip to Penn State, you'll learn some things. There, It might be a close game for a few quarters, and just knowing how Franklin likes to play Ohio State close, Penn State's defense, because Ohio State's more of that pass-oriented team, Penn State's defense is better matched up against Ohio State's offense than they were Michigan's offense, and it's in Beaver Stadium, but still, it's Ohio State and Michigan. I think are not just the top two teams in the nation, they're by far and away top two in the Big Ten as well. And the Buckeye pass rush, they will get home against this Iowa O-line, which is the worst O-line that Spencer Petras has had to deal with ever. And it is part of the reason that he is having his worst season currently. Iowa's secondary will slow down C.J. Stroud, though. I have no doubt about that. C.J. Stroud will probably throw an interception, and if he doesn't, he will certainly throw some balls that will be batted away or well-defended. Iowa's secondary is too good for C.J. Stroud to have video game stats or close to video game stats against Phil Parker's secondary. The tight ends will have a mismatch against Ohio State's defensive backs. You know, Iowa did this against Michigan, and I really did think it was, you know, for all the for everything that Brian Ferentz does that is wrong, the game plan of matching up big-bodied NFL tight ends against Michigan secondary players, Iowa won that mismatch every time Petrus threw a competent ball. Against Ohio State's defensive backs, which Ohio State at safety, I'd say, is better than Michigan at corner, Michigan's way better. Look out for this. This is why I think Iowa scores 17 points. I'm not I'm not counting on Ohio State to turn it over and Iowa picks it up for six. These 17 points will, you know, one one touchdown or a field goal or maybe two of them, like two of the scoring drives might come off of turnovers, but they're not. A, a pick six and a fumble recovery for six are very unlikely. Part of that is because I think that, you know, these tight ends, they have mismatches and Ohio State's secondary whether it's injuries, whether it's Denzel Burke just having an uncharacteristically bad year, these tight ends will make plays. They will get open at times. And Iowa, much like they did against Michigan, is probably going to score late when the game is already over. Punting will never result in winning big games. It just never will. But mismatches, other things, the fact that Iowa's Iowa convinces me that Iowa isn't going to lose by 30. Which, I mean, the spread is nearly Ohio State being favored by 30. I think that Iowa will cover, but I think that Ohio State's going to win. They're going to win big. This won't be a very competitive game whatsoever. The Buckeyes will move to 7-0. Iowa will move down to 3-4. and And Iowa, with their remaining schedule, I don't know. They could be in for a season where they miss a bowl game for the first time and since before the 2015 season for Ohio State, they've already clinched bowl eligibility. 
in my mind, they've basically clinched New Year's Six Bowl eligibility. The test is Michigan at the end of the year. Just make sure to not overlook or sleepwalk through anyone else beforehand. You can never afford to do that as a team, no matter who you play. And that's all I have to say. Thank you all for watching. If you like this video, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, click the notification bell, and comment your thoughts on this video down below. Thank you all for watching, and I'll see you guys later. Bye.